Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. My name is Christoph, Minister of Youth and Families here at Faith, and with me, I've got Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Christoph. How are you, man? Good. Doing right. I should call you Pastor Jeff. You can call me Jeff. Everyone can call me Jeff. Can I call you PJ? <laughs> no? No. <laughs> no one's ever thought of that one No, before. Jeff is... I love Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is... I, I love Jeff, too. So, big day today. What's... Why? Uh, today's the day people get to vote if they want oh, to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were just talking about that, yeah. too. Yeah. So, I got over to the town of Pestrigo Town Hall this morning and uh, got to see some friends there and vote. It was fun. Are you... You're technically in Pestigo, hey? Yeah, town of Peshtigo. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. right. I think I knew that. You yep. have kind of like that weird, that in weird, between. yeah, the weird in between thing. Yeah, our address is Marinette. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not uh, gone out to vote yet. Um, we're we're planning on doing that later, and uh, yeah, we get to go and do that. I think I, I have to. Every time I I always forget where where it is, and I think it's just at the rec center. They have everybody going over there. So um, I always forget which district i'm in for our polling place because there's multiple and you go to a different yeah, table yeah but dean pennington is always there to help me know which table which you gotta is love awesome. that right you yeah. gotta love that oh that's so good he does a great job oh man i love that that's so cool. man i really enjoyed your sermon thank you on sunday yeah on paul's testimony yeah and yeah. uh yeah i really did and especially where we ended yeah yeah it was, it was awesome cool you had this moment um where you were like should I sing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad that you did because it was really powerful. I'm, I'm curious for you as the one who was up there preaching and then hearing people sing in response. What was that like for you? Like, what did you think as, as it was happening? Yeah, that was a, I'm going to listen to where the Holy Spirit's kind of tugging my heart right now kind of moment. And uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, um, it's it's funny because earlier in the, in the sermon, I gave that story of my son and kind of what I deemed as dumb confidence. And I was like, you know what, here's one of those moments. This could mm. be one of those moments where I'm just going to be really vulnerable and, and, and we'll sing even though I'm really self-conscious about it. Um, but it could be, you know, it could be a powerful thing. And, um, it ended up being, man, that was just, that was all the Holy spirit just working in that moment. And I, he, he knew exactly, um, exactly what, 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 what our church needed. In that moment, so if if you weren't there, if you're listening to the podcast, we um, I just I just shared the story of the song "How He Loves," which um, a lot of people think David Crowder wrote, but it was actually a, a guy named John Mark McMillan. And um, I won't give the full story, but um, you got you got to listen to the, the sermon. Yeah, go check the, the sermon. Out. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I sang I sang the verse, and then we we finished out the verse, and we sang the chorus all together. And I did not think, I I didn't think that it was, I I didn't think. Too much of it i was just walking in that and then the number of people who came up to me afterwards and said that uh they they just the, the amount of people that said they cried they're like you made me cry and I'm, I'm sorry yeah i think it was a good example i mean the spirit god's spirit had clearly wanted us to sing that song you know again listen to the sermon to hear yeah the full story but he did he wanted us to sing it and i think there was something in us all that needed to express that about God and his love for us and his father care for us. Mm. So thank you for taking the risk. You didn't have a puffy jacket on uh, in case (laughs) you did fall, but uh, it was a risk that I'm glad you took and you sounded good too. Just so you know, so don't hesitate to do that. You know what's funny? Yeah. Uh, So all while this is going on, my wife is back in, in the nursery with Abel and, and, 
back there, they, they pipe the sermon in back there, but you only get the audio from the microphone. And so the whole time we're all singing together, she's like, man, I really hope everyone else is singing with him because this is really awkward. <laughs> yeah, people did. It was great. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting what comes through on the sermon uh, recording. Yeah. Like if you can hear that part, yeah. I don't know. But uh, people definitely were singing and I was one of them. And it was surprising. I hadn't sung that song in a while, but I think it's just in you after you sing it a few times that the words came back to me pretty quickly yeah. of what, what it was in. You know what I love about those those sort of things? And this, honestly, it ties in with kind of where I felt like that whole message needed to tie into was here, here's this thing, a song, right? This, this, um, just this medium of, of art and, and worship before God. And everyone has a different experience with that song. You know, for me, I, I remember, I remember I was, uh, um, 19 years old. I, Amazon was just becoming a thing. And it was the very first album I bought using Amazon's like music system at the wow. time. Um, and it was John Mark McMillan's, the the song between the sounds of heartbreak or something like that. Um, and that's where, that's where that song is on. And, and I remember listening to that song, uh, when I was, you know, when I was 19. Um, but then I was, I was talking to one of my youth leaders who said, um, at a disciple now they did, they sang that song. And it was one of those moments where the worship leader just let it go on for like 20 minutes. And there was, you know, teenagers who were just messes on, you know, crying and, um, just an incredible, powerful moment. But but here's this thing, this song, and we all have these like, God God used this song, this truth of, of his love, just incredible different ways. And, and how we together as a collective body on Sunday morning um, could just be tied in together. All these different memories from all these different moments from all these, to one God, one truth, one, you know, one love, which was the work that Jesus displayed um, on the cross for his people. And I love that. I think that is incredible. It is. And it's amazing. It's not just theoretical. People were feeling and experiencing his love in that moment, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Thank God that he is who he is and he is how he is because of that, yeah. that he is loving and that we get to celebrate that every week together. It's such a gift. It's, it's, it's a, it, a gift. it is, it is. It's a shared, it's this, just this shared gift that should then be, um, you know, I was, I was, it should be, a, it's this shared gift that then we should all be unified around in purpose and in direction and in, um, mission. And so I just like, man, to bring us back to, um, I, I mentioned it really early on in the sermon, but I, I felt like, um, just bring us back to this. What, is, what does it mean to return to our first love? Like mm -hmm. what, what is, what does that, what does that look like? Because, uh, we go back there and all the division, all of the, like, the things just kind of melt away in the light of, of Jesus. So they do what yeah. matters comes forward. Yeah. You know? So one of the, one of the points that I felt at least me hearing you preach that you were really driving forward was this idea that all testimony. So this, the, the, the context is this is Paul's testimony, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, in Acts 22, right? Yep. Yeah. 22. Yep. yep. Acts 22. And you, you made the comment a couple of times, all testimony is God's testimony. Yeah. I thought it'd be helpful on the podcast just to give you another opportunity to unpack what you meant by that and, and how that was striking you as you prepped and, and worked through this. There's a lot of, um, a lot of angles I think you can come at with it. And, and I, I think, I think in the context of Acts 22, I was just thinking of how it's, it's sandwiched between these two really intense moments for Paul. Um, Paul is in Jerusalem, you know, and, and he multiple times boasts about his standing 
in Jerusalem around these people specifically. And I've got to imagine there's people in the crowds who are seeing Paul, you know, 15, 20 years later. And they're going like, remember when, remember when he was, remember when he was the dude, like, who is this guy now? Um, and so he's, he's back in Jerusalem in front of these crowds and he's met with just hostility. Um, he's met with hostility and, um, and, 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 and anger. And they're, they're calling out for his head. And, and what does he, what does he go back to? Um, he goes back to the work that Jesus did in him. And there's this really cool um, tension of it's Paul's story, right? You, you, you don't know what it's like to have Ananias pray over you after you've been blinded. And, you know, like no. there, there's this personal aspect to it. But at the exact same time, there is this completely, it is just, it is God's testimony. It is, it is um, his work. And I was thinking, um, I, I was, I was thinking of how, when, when Paul was met with all of this hostility, how freeing it must have been to know that it's, it's not on him. Like he doesn't have to force anyone to accept this testimony. He doesn't have to force, um, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have to, he can just fully just trust in God's faithfulness that he's going to do with it, um, as he intended to. And that to me, that, that is just incredibly good. That's incredibly good news, you know? Yeah, we are not, it is not our responsibility when we share what God has done to force a certain response, right? Or to compel a certain response from those who hear it. Yeah. And uh, you actually made that comment. I wrote down too that, I don't know if this is a direct quote or if this is my paraphrase, so you can correct me, but you said it's not our job to change people's hearts. Yeah. Our calling is to be faithful to him who has saved us. Yeah. And I think that could be... um, and is a very freeing idea. Yeah. It's a freeing truth. Well, I think that we go into we we go into our our, our mission, right? We, we we have this as as Christians, we have this incredible experience of of just God's love, his forgiveness, you know, his his healing uh, nature and and we we're on fire and we have expectations and we should. We should have expectations that God's going to do incredible things. Um, but those expect- expectations oftentimes turn into like control and I, I, I have I have met with a lot of people who have gone well if only this person would do this um, this is really frustrating this is really upset and it's like well it, it feels to me like you're putting some hope and expectation into this person rather than this hope and expectation into God and um, that's that's an incredibly freeing thing um, and the part where I the part where I, I see it right now a lot is 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 with Christians and other Christians it's actually um, there is the Christians with with non-Christians of like sharing the gospel but in a, in a sense you expect people who aren't Christians to not do Christian things right like that that should be a pretty obvious thing um but we get really disappointed and hurt when brothers and sisters don't do things that we expect them to um and it's like well what's your hope what's your hope in you know what's what's your um it's it's not your job to change their heart to do that specific thing that you're hoping they would do you know, that's, that's God's. So pray for them, continue to love them. Um, you know, an example would be if you're asking someone to hold you accountable for something and you're trying to hold that person accountable, but they're getting, you know, frustrated about it. Or they're not holding you accountable. They're not reciprocating. Right. Um, but, but they're, but they're Christians. Um, and you go, well, they're a Christian. They should do this. Um, you know, well, yeah, in a sense, but like, it's, it's not you to get them to that point. It's, it's on the Holy spirit working in their heart to get them to that point. Um, you just joyfully continue to be um, faithful to the calling you've been given um, and, and just let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. 
And that's a really freeing thing. All of a sudden, like there's a little bit of anxiousness that's lifted off. There's stress that's lifted off because it's not on, it's not on you. Um, it's, it, it's on God. You just have to remain faithful in that. Yeah. That's interesting. So you zoomed out even farther with that in your mind and that's really helpful too. It's interesting how often we can have like unspoken expectations with a fellow believer mm-hmm. that I think um, it just can let us down, right? Because we we just assume something. I think that's really good, Christoph. It's not our job to change each other. Well, now, and, and and I, I just I, I want to make sure like I don't think anyone is I don't think it's wrong to to be bummed out about that. There is a level of like, man, I really hoped my brother and sister would you know, and we've dealt with that a lot over the last four years of just like this division and animosity and all that. And, and I think I've gotten to a point where I'm just going to go, let, let God work in people's hearts. Like we have to stop trying to force and just, you know, love, care for people, be faithful in the way that God is calling us to and, and see him work. So, well, and I think that ties into one of the, another point you made and, you know, about our brokenness and our sinfulness. Um, again, I, I do need to do a better job on my note taking and put quotes around what you said versus what I said to what you said. To but, be fair, whenever <laughs> I do this podcast with Jay, it's usually about like a half an hour of him trying to find his notes after he doesn't, and he usually doesn't find them. He's found them a couple of times. So, well, one of the things I wrote again, you might have said this, but because we're dusty, right? Because we are broken uh-huh. um, and have this Adamic residue from Adam, we need to be humble. Yeah. Like it ought to knowing our limits and knowing that our perspective on things is skewed, even on our best days, there needs to be a level of humility with the way we live and interact with each other. And then I think with people outside the faith as well, like yeah. we just, none of us, none of us has arrived. Paul is very clear about that when he shares his testimony, even in Philippians, right? He says, not that I have achieved this or have, have attained this. We're all in process. And I, it makes me think that humility would also mean that, we don't assume that we know what is best for another person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you know what it makes me think of. Um, if I can give an analogy with it, is um, so I, I lost a bunch of weight three years ago. You know, um, around a hundred plus pounds, and um, and so I've I've followed you know a lot of like weight loss people and people who have also lost weight. And there's nothing more disheartening than the person who has lost a bunch of weight that then thinks they have all the answers for the person who is like struggling with, with their health, you know? Mm. Um, because, because, I don't, because, you know, first of all, everyone is, is different in battling all, all sorts of different things is related to that. But, um, like what worked for you doesn't necessarily, um, you know, work, work for the other person. And, and what, what should be happening is, is the person who lost a bunch of weight should have a ton of empathy for the person who is struggling with, um, with with the struggles that are along with it you know uh, for me i can go like yeah carrying my kids up and downstairs is not as big of a deal anymore as it as it used to be but i remember when it was i remember it was really hard i remember you know losing my breath after going up you know three stairs you know i i remember that and and we should be and i, I think in the same way christians should be some of the most empathetic people to those outside of the faith because we recognize without Christ, that's where we would be. And that's where we were, you know, that's, that's where we were is we were, um, you know, sons of our, our father, Adam. Um, and, and, but praise be to God who, uh, who saved us. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there's no reason why we shouldn't be empathetic and humble to those who are not. That's why I love, I love Paul. And I, I wanted to geek out a little bit on this. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but, um, in that second verse, it says that he they, they, they got quiet because he was using the Hebrew language. 
and there's actually a little bit of debate on which Hebrew language they're using. So whether it's like this kind of pure Hebrew or if it's Aramaic that he's he's actually using, um, and, and a lot of people say it's it's Aramaic, and and that even like even that kind of like goes towards a he was meeting them where they were because they would have really recognized that that tongue that dialect. Um, and I love that. I love that Paul did that after years and years and years and years and years of serving the Gentiles and being a, 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 a witness to the Gentiles. All those people would have known Greek. He could have spoken Greek because they were all, you know, Roman citizens in, um, in, in Jerusalem, but he didn't. He met them at their, where they were. Um, and I think it caused them to go, oh, I'm going to listen to this guy. We should, we should be that way. Yeah, that's, that's a really good observation. See, this is where I love the podcast. You're able to bring that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what were there? Was there anything else? Like as you studied and really immersed yourself, I love that you said that when you're preaching on a passage, you just listen to it over and over. Yeah. What else was there? Anything else that you just weren't able to fit in for whatever reason to the sermon that would be helpful to talk about? Um, I mean, it, it was it, the the context of the story is really cool too, and I've I've heard other preachers when they preach this section talk about you know paul evoking his his roman citizenship and just like there's, there's a level of complexity there that we don't fully i think appreciate and that you could even really preach a whole sermon on in itself of um you know the reason that the crowd was really angry with paul is because he brought uh, greeks into the temple with him right and, and that was a really big deal um for uh jews at that time for 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 someone to bring someone in and and they were they were just really upset with with him about it and and so there's a, there's a level of um, the unity in Christ that I think uh, I, I didn't really get too much of a chance to totally go in on because uh, there's there's these different um, yeah it, it there's these different notes of um, of just unity across lines that usually are not unified you know and we know that the gospel says that um, there is now no Jew or Greek male or female all are one. In Christ, and this is really like seen in this passage, and you really see, you know, I talk about the aroma of death when Paul is is going like, "Hey, God took me and sent me to the Gentiles to preach this message because this message is for all people." It's an it's an aroma of death who, who to those who don't understand because they, for them that is just like a complete affront to their identity in in who they are. For them, um, that would have been unheard of, and. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really totally go down that route and it's kind of neat to hear him interact with the, um, with the, with the, with the tribune, right? So that would have been like the, the, the Roman authorities in there. And, you know, he's like, he's like, you sure you want to hit me because I'm a Roman citizen. And they're like, Oh snap, he's a Roman citizen. We probably shouldn't do that. There's, there's, there's a whole bunch there. Um, yeah, it's that unity example is powerful though, Christoph. like that is, um, that lived out. Yeah, that's what it looked like for them at the time. Was this? We're not going to divide. Paul is not going to look down upon. He's you know like as if he's the the pure Jewish right. person, and then right. you have this convert because they could have people could have converted to Judaism, right? But there was never like this equal equality. At least that's my understanding. No, they were referred to. So in Scripture, they're referred to as God fearing, right? Mm -hmm. So they they give them kind of this like it's kind of like this tier right below Israel. They don't they mm -hmm. like. Um, we don't permit you to be a part of Israel, but we'll, we'll call you God fear. And like, yeah, you respect, you put some respect on God, but that's about it. So yeah, it was Paul a big, was big showing deal. by his actions. That's that no longer is applicable in Christ. Yeah. Because in Christ, he is the one 
yeah that does this and he's the one that makes us his we belong to each other then too which is just uh, I, you know it goes back to and i just I, like it cannot be th- so i guess it kind of does tie into this what i preach about with with, with humility um but I think even more so just of like, there's, there really is like, it is so unified, you know, just because you're born into a specific family, a specific place, you're raised a certain way, um, you've done certain things. Like it, it doesn't like what, what matters is you're standing before Christ. What matters is, um, the work he did on the cross. So, mm. yeah. It's really good. There, there's just one last one that that was a highlight for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you asked at the very beginning, you had like three questions as your outline. Yeah. And, um, the last one that you asked was how is life different now? Mm, Yeah. Um, you know, now that you know Christ, now that you belong to him. And I just wanted to say, I think that's a really good question. And I think it's one that is worthwhile for all of us to, to think through the answer to that question in a way that we could answer it. That would sound uh, it would make sense to someone who, who is not following Jesus right now. Yeah. And what I mean, not like, not like you're giving a defense for your faith or anything like, like that. But I think if we could become conversational in a normal way about how life is so different now, that would benefit those around us who don't know Jesus yet. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because we, we oftentimes we, we kind of default to, well, it means I'm forgiven. Yes. It means that, you know, it, it means I'm redeemed. And those are all great things and true things. Don't they get me are. wrong. They're, they're great. But outside of the church, people hear that and they go, okay. And like, in, in what, what forgiveness actually is outside of the church walls is a lot more shallow than what forgiveness actually is from God. You know, there's, there's like, because you hear forgiveness and you just go, oh yeah, whatever. Like, it's just, it is what it is. That's, that's what forgiveness is in the world. But, but when you know what forgiveness is within the church and you're like, you no, know, this means that like Jesus died on the cross and like my, my eternity is sealed with God because of it. And I can live out kingdom values today. Um, but no, I think to actually put words to, and to know how your life has been changed in a way that is, is real and palatable to those outside of the church is really important. Um, like, for example, one thing that comes to my mind, I won't flesh this out in full detail, but every human being in our world deals with anxiety. Yes, that is a yeah. common shared experience. There's moments, right? Or some people it's constant. And to be able to think about how does being in Jesus, how does belonging to him, how has that changed the way you respond to moments of intense anxiety? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the less tied up, like, like with a bow on it is the better where, where you say, you know, this is how Jesus helps me in those moments, but you know what? It's still really hard. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to do that. I think for us as, as Jesus followers to be able to express honestly and truly to people around us, those kinds of things I think is really compelling. Yeah. I gave, I gave a couple of examples, but and I, I think it happens a lot more naturally than we understand. At least when we like, we really have our our eyes set on Jesus. Like there, there's just going to be moments where people go, "What, what are you doing? Why, mm-hmm. why are you not doing this? Why do you do certain things this way?" Um, I was thinking of things like, like, like planning out your your calendar, your schedule, um, not around when you can get away and leave, but rather like, how can I serve those around me. And then all of a sudden like vacation is no longer about, you know, when you can get out, but vacation is like, oh yeah, like 
here's where we can finally go and you know rest and it, that's great um, but otherwise you know I'm, I'm serving um, at, at the homeless shelter because I ran into my, my friend on Sunday morning who said that they were going there and they needed something uh, you know what I mean it's like those regular rhythms of life that I think that if we are intentional and consistent about walking out our faith those who are around us in the secular world they're not going they're going to have to see that there's something different like there's, there's just going to be something different um, which should be a little bit challenging then for us too. Like if, if, if we're then living our lives in such a way or if we're living our lives and that's not happening, we go, okay, well, why is that not happening? And what, in what areas of my life do I, you know, is the aroma more of the world than of Christ? And um, how do I need to, to rearrange that? But um, I do think that's a really good observation that it needs to be natural. How can we talk about what Christ has done in our lives um, or how our lives look different after that was actually, um, that was one of my, my old youth pastor. That was one of his favorite, um, evangelism tools is he would ask somebody if they weren't a Christian and say, okay, well just with me for a second, like, what would your life look like if all this was true? So if Jesus actually did die on the cross, if he did right, you know, um, and that was always a really interesting, you'd see, you know, people, you know, their gears kind of grinding a little bit, like how would their life look different? What would their, um, what would they give up? What would they pursue? So, but yeah, hmm. that's good. I, I think the exercise is just helpful Yeah, because it helps us to remember, get kind of take it for granted and get used to it. I don't know if that's fair to say, but we can get used to what it feels like to be walking with him. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the chance to just reflect and really think about how is it different? Not in a way that should be, this is not meant to be a, um, now I feel really guilty because it's not as different as it ought to be. Like, that's right. not the point. It's, Jesus has done a work. If you belong to him, he has been working in you. He continues to work in you and he will never stop. Right. And it's helpful to take note of what that is yeah. um, and be able to express it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, Jeff, I love getting to do the podcasting, man. It's you too. It's such Christophe. a blessing. Um, if you have any questions or you want to reach out to us, connect at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for uh, Faith Church Peshtigo. Um, and church, as you go, in peace.